You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Alexa, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison. At Nola Jake on Twitter here with you all on this Wednesday game day in the Crescent City as the Pelicans take on the Dallas Mavericks. This is almost a must win. I don't think you want to go that far, I should say, but this is a very important game. The Mavericks are kind of middle of the pack to a team you should beat, but they've been surprising some people. So we'll preview that game for you in the third segment here. Get you set for the showdown in the Smoothie King Center tonight. But before that, we got some news that's kind of derailed what I had planned here, and I want to dive into both of these topics a little bit more. And that's the Pelicans announced that uh, Frank Jackson is going down to the G League for at least a game or two, and they've used that other two-way contract on former Memphis uh, Grizzly and Cleveland Cavalier Andrew Harrison. Give you a rundown on who he is, the role he needs, he maybe fills with the Pelicans, and I have a feeling they're going to use him in maybe a very specific way here, and then get you set with what you need to know about Frank Jackson. Why is he going down? Why is he not playing more minutes in the NBA? So both those guys, a lot of G League coverage here today, and of course, previewing the game in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So new signing first, Andrew Harrison coming on board the Pelicans on a two-way deal. You know the rules with these. You basically can spend 45 days with the parent club in the NBA, not including travel time. So that's a good thing there. But mostly this is a guy that they're going to kind of take a flyer on. They might use him early on and then send him down to the G League. We've seen teams often cycle through these two-way deals. They're not really guaranteed for the season. Um, And if they are, it's such little money. Teams aren't really worried about waiving some of these players so you've seen the Pelicans kind of go through some of them use up an allotment of their time in the NBA and then wave them and kind of just treat it almost as an extra roster spot and I wouldn't be shocked if maybe that's what the Pelicans do here with Andrew Harrison he plays point guard really on the wing overall he can kind of play point shooting guard and small forward as well he's got good size 6'6 um, so he can kind of at least have the height to keep up with some of those other positions out there. You might most recently remember him from the Cleveland Cavaliers, played 10 games with them this year, kind of split time at all three positions on the wing, averaged 4.3 points per game, 1.7 assists, and 1.5 rebounds. Not a particularly good shooter either. He was shooting under 31% from the field overall. Not a threat from deep whatsoever either. He was with Memphis before that, where he appeared in one game this year and then was waived. And then Cleveland waived him on the second after signing him. They just didn't see the fit there or think, you know, this was a guy that they wanted on their roster. Prior to this, he did spend more time with the Memphis Grizzlies and actually amassed 46 starts over two seasons. In the 2017-2018 season, he played in 56 games, started 46 of them. That's, you know, a significant amount. That team was very banged up, very hurt, so that kind of helped. It wasn't necessarily that he was out there because he was good. It's just Mike Conley was injured. 
during that time. So they needed someone in there. Averaged nine and a half points during that time, 3.2 assists, 2.3 rebounds. Shot better from the field, not amazing, 42.2%. 33% from deep. He's a career 37.5% shooter. Career barely a little bit under 30% from the three-point range. So I think the Pelicans just taking a flyer on a guy because why not? You know, it's not quite working out with anything else on the roster right now. At least he can play multiple positions. He's shown some ability to distribute the ball and at least score as well. And we know they like height and positional versatility on the wing, something that he gives you. So, hey, from that aspect, you know, why not? If you're relying on him to play heavy minutes, this probably isn't a good thing for New Orleans. His per 36-minute numbers, not particularly great. This year with Cleveland per 36 minutes, averaging 10.7 points per game, 4.2 assists. Okay, you know, maybe. You know, in in his career, he averages 12.2 points per game, 4.8 assists, so basically 12 and 5. But the shooting's bad. Teams aren't going to respect him there. And if he can't drive and attack that way, it's not going to do a whole lot of good. But New Orleans is desperate. They had that open two-way slot. There was no reason not to take a chance on somebody. And you've seen recently some of these two-way contracts that haven't been used get filled a little bit more. Or you're starting to see some players from the G League get called up to the NBA and maybe the Pelicans were getting a little bit nervous that some of their targets were were going to kind of get left out. So they made a move for a guy they at least like somewhat to pay him some money to either be in the G League or with the team. We'll see if he gets some minutes. Like I said, I think this is a guy that maybe won't be here long until some cuts start to get made or trades start to happen and waves uh, happen after that. And then maybe you'll see them cut Andrew Harrison. But for now, newest member of the Pelicans. Maybe expect to see him soon. We will certainly see because they got to do something and it's not working. And I think people are very frustrated now if my appearances on local radio are anything to kind of judge by. So probably not the answer, but worth a flyer on. That's for sure. So before we get to Frank Jackson and the G League, which is the next thing that's come on up here with this Pelicans team in the past day or so, if you're settling in for a night of games and you want to follow along on Twitter and don't need to be following 18 different people covering all sorts of different teams, I've got the one Twitter feed that is the perfect one for you, and that is at LockedOnNBANet. That's at LockedOnNBANet. Basically, it's a curated feed of all of the local Locked On Podcast Network hosts and the teams that they cover. You only see my tweets that are related to the Pelicans on there. You're only going to see tweets from John Krause, my co-host on the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA, when he's talking about the Celtics and not when we're talking about other random things. It's great during a night of games that you're settling in to watch, or if you want to kind of catch up on the latest breaking news, or just want some more perspective from the guy who's on the ground covering these teams throughout the NBA. So make sure you follow at LockedOnNBANet on Twitter. So the other G League news of the day is that the Pelicans have assigned Frank Jackson to the Texas Legends team. Uh, according to the flexible assignment system. It's Jackson's first ever G League assignment. He's appeared in 15 games for the Pels, averaging 14, or sorry, not 14, 4.3 points in 12 minutes 
per game. Basically, he hasn't gotten a lot of run in the past couple of games, and I think the team wants to get him kind of some seasoning and just some game time to kind of go down there and work a little bit. You know, this is kind of what they've done with Diallo and other players in the past where they kind of bounce him back and forth between the two teams, and if they don't think he's going to be playing a lot right now, and certainly it doesn't appear like he's going to, given that he's only appeared in 15 games, he's only averaging 12 minutes per game. You'd like him just to get more run, and I think that's kind of a big thing here and basically what the Pelicans are trying to do for him. So it's no real surprise. Um, He hasn't played, and it's due to injury too, with some of this in the past four games. And then he's had spurts here and there where he's got back-to-back DMPs and certain things. They're taking it slow with him. You know, he has shown at times a propensity to be a good scorer. Um, But, you know, his season high this year is 14 points, and he's only got three games with double digits. Again, partially tough to do when you're not getting significant minutes out there. But he missed all of last year. I know people had high hopes for him, but he really just shows the ability to be an attacking off-ball guard, and that's really not what the Pelicans need a ton of right now. You need a guy, at least guard-wise, that can kind of handle the rock and distribute, hence why we're seeing Tim Frazier in the starting lineup. And if I, you know, I was asked this question of, would we have seen Frank Jackson starting if uh, he hadn't been hurt instead of the, um, the move to make Tim Frazier the starting point guard? And the answer is probably no. If they were both health- healthy, then I think... Uh, you would have still seen Tim Frazier in the same role for Frank Jackson. I think that's just where they are. We've seen this team and Alvin Gentry in particular just not trust rookies and really want to take it slow, which makes a ton of sense for an NBA team, particularly one that's in win now. They just make mistakes and different things like that. So that's kind of how it is. And now he's going to go down and you'll see him kind of bounce back and forth. But I think they just want to get him some time and hopefully it'll allow him to be better late in the season when the Pelicans really need him to maybe be a big contributor for the team. So kind of a big deal to see him going down and them signing another two-way guy. But I think it's very clear that Frank Jackson isn't quite in the immediate plans of this team. So we'll definitely have to keep an eye on him when he's down in the G League and how he's playing. And again, expect to see him recalled and then sent back down. They see a day or two where he can get in some game time, in some minutes, in some practice with another team. Certainly they'll take the chance. So it might be a lot of time on airplanes for Frank Jackson coming up soon. So before we get to the preview with the surprising Dallas Mavericks coming into the Smoothie King Center, pretty hot by the way. This should be a pretty fun one. It is still football season. The Saints are still in line for a very good postseason. And my man, Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints, has you covered. Yes, there's a game on Sunday again after two Thursday night games. So make sure you tune in and subscribe to Locked On Saints. Get your fix. Know what this team needs to do to get back in the victory column. And Ross Jackson will carry you through all of that. So make sure you listen and subscribe to Locked On Saints. All right, Dallas Mavericks, the surprising Dallas Mavericks, coming in riding a two-game winning streak with wins over the Clippers and now the Portland Trailblazers. But they are playing on the second night of a back-to-back. Maybe that kind of hurts them a little bit, though. You saw the Clippers do the same thing, and they still got a win. Dallas coming in pretty good on both sides of the ball. Basically top 15 in both offense and defense, and led by talented rookie Luka Doncic, who 
came back from injury the other night, didn't play against the Clippers, and then just looked outstanding in the win against the Portland Trailblazers. This kid is special, by the way. He put up uh, the other night 21 points, 9 rebounds, just 3 assists, but usually he's getting those assist numbers higher. He's a pretty decent 3-point shooter, and he can kind of just do it all for that team. Probably one of the more exciting young players in the league. Dallas, again, coming in with a pretty good record. They are now 12-10, and and they're surprising. This is just a well-coached team doing what they need to do and getting solid contributions from a lot of different players around this team. They're also very good at contesting you on defense, forcing you to take bad shots, limiting opponent three-point attempts against them, and doing just all of those things that well-coached teams do. They're also an excellent rebounding team as well. That definitely can make things a little bit more difficult for the Pelicans as they look to attack both the offense and defensive glass. This is basically one of the number one um, limiting opponents rebounding teams there are. They're tremendous defensive rebounding. They're pretty good at offensive rebounding as as well. They force you into turnovers on the defensive side of the ball. Not easy to kind of make mistakes about uh, against them. And then you've got a guy like Doncic who can really make you pay if you do that. Doncic on the season, 18.5 points per game, six and a half rebounds, 4.3 assists. He's doing that on 44% shooting and shooting 38% from deep. Harrison Barnes, potential? Maybe not now that this team's good. Trade target for the Pelicans, 18.3 points per game, 4.6 six rebounds. He's shooting significantly better from deep than he has in other years. 41.2%. He'll let it fly from there. DeAndre Jordan beast down low as always 11 and a half points per game, 13.7 rebounds per game. He can keep guys like Anthony Davis and others in check. You've got Wes Matthews coming for them as well. 17 starts, 15.4 points per game. Not the most efficient shooter, but he's been pretty good. They have phenomenal rookie from a year ago. Now second year player, Dennis Smith Jr., who's having a down season in terms of numbers that he's seen his role reduced a little bit more with the addition of DeAndre Jordan and Doncic, but still 13.6 points per game. He's averaging 3.9 assists as well. He can really hurt you. J.J. Barea coming off the bench for this team, putting up six assists per game and 11 and a half points. There's some depth there. Basically, all five of their starters are going to get into double figures and make you pay a little bit that way. You know, if you can defend with the starters well, and we've seen Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis do it, not in the first half, but if they can do that, they can win this game. Dallas doesn't really scare you offensively. They don't take a ton of three-pointers, and their offense is kind of similar to what the Clippers want to do. They want to get down low and score inside with their guys who can get to the rim. Doncic can get to the rim. Dennis Smith Jr. can get to the rim. DeAndre Jordan can put up points down low, and that can make life very difficult. But that's really what they do. If you make life a little bit harder and force them out of their comfort zones, that's where you can get a big victory here. This isn't going to be a walk in the park for the Pelicans taking on a bad Dallas Mavericks team. There's youth here. They are kind of energized. They are well coached. That can definitely be a problem because they're looking to try come in here and put names on a wall of teams that they've uh, beaten. So going to be a tough game. We'll see if the Pelicans can do it. Maybe the Dallas Mavericks playing on the second night of a back-to-back can um, uh, slow them down a little bit. Not a great fast-paced team here, so the Pelicans definitely want to dictate their style as well. We'll see what happens, but make sure you make it to the Smoothie King Center. They need all the help they can get, and attendance has been pretty bad recently. 
So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Enjoy the game tonight. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap the game.